Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And welcome back to the Courtside Crossover with Chris Partee. I want to thank you for joining us for episode 67. As always, we're brought to you by FullPressCoverage.com. Check us out on the Full Press Coverage app, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and more. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Partee. All right, it's opening week of the NBA. We're about a few nights in now, three nights in at least, um, to the first week of the NBA season. There's a lot going on. I want to bring in a very special guest this week. He's a regular on the show. Hasn't been on since last season. We're going to have him back in and have him on a few more times this year. My man, Marcus Fitzgerald. He's the host of uh, Basketball Central on Sportsnet 650 out there in Vancouver, BC. What's going on, dog? How you been? I, I've been doing great, man. Thanks for having me back on. I'm excited for a new season. Yes, yes. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Come on, we talk some hoops. You know, we talk a little about, bit about your Lakers. I'm going to get your thoughts on them. For sure. Oh, and just every day. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because I know you got thoughts on the Lakers, right? You always do. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> always got thoughts on Lakers. All right. I want to start off first. Opening week. We had opening night. Lakers lost to the Warriors. Last night, which was uh, Wednesday night, you had game two for the Lakers, game one for the Clippers, the Battle of Los Angeles. Clippers come out with the win. 103-97. First, I want to talk about the Lakers side of it first. There's a lot of bad that we could talk about for the Lakers. And it seems like we've been doing it for well over a year now, ever since Russell Westbrook got there. I want you to give me a couple positives that even just from last night's game 
that Lakers fans can take because they they weren't horrible last night. They weren't. They didn't look nearly as bad as they did against the Warriors. Give me a couple positives that you took from that game uh, for the Lakers on the Lakers side. Well, uh, when Anthony Davis went down and hit the floor, uh, he didn't completely disintegrate. He didn't shatter all over the hardwood. So that's good. That's a positive. That's, because, a, that's know, facts right there. That is it's, facts. It's, it's, it's facts, Chris, because even on the broadcast, you know, Reggie Miller is like, oh, all of Laker Nation's holding its collectible. It's like, well, yeah, Reg, but this guy falls 19 times a game. I don't, I don't know, like, does, does Reggie watch the Laker games? I'm not sure. This guy falls all the time. Listen, Anthony looked really good opening night against Golden State. He really did. He did not look the same, though, uh, two nights later against the Clippers. So, so I'm concerned about that there. And I know we're, I know I'm already getting into negatives because that's that's what the Lakers produce. They produce negatives. Um, LeBron still looks like LeBron, which is great. Um, and, and it is. That's great. It was great last season. It was fun to watch. He was one of the only reasons to tune in last year, aside from maybe Malik Monk, who's a player that they obviously miss uh, this season. My concern, though, with LeBron is it's almost like he knows the team is bad and he's going to go out there and just be like, hey, okay, how many points to catch Kareem? Like, if I just go out there and get 30, I'm going to be fine. Oh, Watching yeah. LeBron is still a treat. He's 38, 39 years old, year 20. He came into the league when I was in high school. We grew up with him. Like, we've, we've seen his whole career. Yes. That's going to that's gonna continue to be fine and positive. And it's fun to watch him play. It's, it's depressing, though, when he gets triple teamed and he's got nobody to kick the ball out to because nobody can hit an open shot. Uh, another positive, uh, TNT went through this on the broadcast, and obviously I'm really uh, scraping for positives here. <laughs> Russ, Russ is good at this, and Pat Bev is good at this, too. For as lousy as those guys are as jump shooters, at least they seem relatively engaged. Like they haven't fully checked out. Do you know what I mean? I know that Pat Bev's only been there for 20 minutes, but yeah. they had the mic'd up segment on TNT last night, and he's teaching Lonnie Walker and and Austin Reeves, you know, what to do defensively and how to react and how to do this and how to do that. That's great. The problem is if Pat Bev is so great at that, then just make him an assistant coach because an assistant coach at this point, Phil Handy could go out there and hit two threes out of 10 over, <laughs> over, over, over Patrick Beverly at this point. So there are some positives. Unfortunately, though, when you've got LeBron James in year 20, you're expected to win and we're – two games into the season, even LeBron knows they're not any good. Like, I, I don't know how many positives there can be. If, if they can get Anthony Davis to play 60 games, I think that's a victory. Uh, if they can acquire someone who can shoot uh, better than 35% from three, I know they were out on Mo Harkless today, and I actually looked up his career three-point percentage. Mo Harkless is at 32% from the three-point line for his career. That would immediately, with that number, make him the third best three point shooter on the team wow. if he was to actually sign. So automatically, that, yeah, automatically, yeah. So maybe that would be a positive. I don't know, but it's 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 hard to find any actually, you know, real positives outside of hey, we still get to watch LeBron James, who's still at the tail end of his prime and can still have a really good night once in a while. Yeah, I mean, LeBron. I just always say LeBron's LeBron. We know what he's going to bring, but it just doesn't seem like like he's he's definitely not the LeBron of five years ago where he could just take anybody. He, you could throw us on the team, and he could take them to a championship. He's not that guy anymore. I, I think we can all admit that. You mentioned Patrick Beverly. Did you see the clip of the – I think it was in the preseason still, so probably last week, week before, mm -hmm. um, of him trying to call a huddle and Russell Westbrook kind of throwing his hand at him like, man, I'm not trying to hear that right now. Did you make anything of that? I know it was the preseason, but did you make anything of that? Because body language says a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. Russ, Russ had a couple of moments there. There was that, and then there was one video where it was uh, they had just announced the starting lineup, and they were all getting together. They're doing the pregame huddle thing that every team does at every level of basketball. And these guys are all still in their warm-ups. Russ has removed his warm-ups. He's in his uniform. He's off in the corner, you know, throwing his towel away or something like that. And I actually tweeted this. I was like, well, fit in or fit out, I guess. I don't know. Like, if Russ feels like he's actually, you know, part of the group. And I know that when they acquired Patrick Beverly, there was all the jokes. Like, you know, because there was legitimate beef between Russ and Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly yes. dove, dove into Russ's knee back in 2014. And that screwed up one of the Oklahoma City Thunders playoff runs. Yep. And there was beef after that. Now they've tried to make nice. There's there's usually the the post that the social team puts up. Oh, hey, look, there's Pat Dev and there's Russ together smiling. Isn't that? I don't crazy? buy it. They're totally going to get along. But we all know this, Chris. That's that's garbage. Like, no, there's 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 lingering stuff there. So when yeah. stuff starts to go sideways in a game and you're in the heat of a competition, and now you've got to make nice with this guy that you probably don't like. Like, imagine that. Imagine even just playing pickup. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a maybe there's a teammate that you don't like, and now okay, I have to huddle up with you. Like, no, I, like I'm not trying to. Like, you're right. Like, I'm not trying to hear this right now. So, um, that's actually one positive, the the Russ and Pat Bev thing, because at least it's fun to watch, right? We, <laughs> we, we can. Watch it's entertaining, that. right? It's entertaining for us. <laughs> it's entertaining. We can watch it deteriorate over the next the next oh, six months, man. and it, it got off to a real ugly start. This is just, I mean, it was a mess last year. It seems like it's going to be another mess this year. <clears throat> real quick before we move on from the Lakers, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Clippers real quick. But um, at this point, you talked about how Anthony Davis had a good game the first night, last night, not as not as great. Um, do you think this is just who he is at this point? I mean, he's been in the league, what, eight, nine years now, Anthony Davis? Yeah, yeah, 11 I mean, years now. Yeah. It, how long? 11. Oh, 11. Okay. So it's even, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but he's been in the league for, cause he was in, uh, with, uh, New Orleans for about eight, eight or nine, eight or nine years. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while now, but I tend to think that once a guy's been in the league, you know, about seven years or so, he kind of is what he is. And we know he gets hurt a lot. You mentioned him playing, needing to play 60 games. I've been of the thought that if they could get 60 to 65 out of him, it will put them in good position for the playoffs. But we just don't know if we're going to get that from him. Do you do you, do you, do you just kind of think that he he's going to be this inconsistent player moving forward? Like he's not going to be an MVP candidate like he once was, or or, or a caliber candidate. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating because we saw bubble AD, and and I know yeah. that Anthony doesn't like that bubble AD moniker. And why <laughs> why would he like it? Because the bubble was a glorified ballroom it was it was a glorified soundstage and he was excellent he was fantastic i'll never forget a sequence during the finals like he's he's rotating and he's blocking shots and he's you know getting out on shooters and his help defense was fantastic and i remember watching that which was only just two calendar years ago by the way it wasn't it wasn't that long ago and i remember watching that sequence and thinking wow this guy's really really good like he, if he plays like this he's top five in the world and after that he comes back the next year he gets hurt and now he just because, look, it, when he was in New Orleans, he played above the rim. He attacked the basket. His jump shot still kind of came and went. Yeah. But he was explosive. Like, he got to the basket. Not to sound old school like Shaq or Chuck, but if he had a little guy on him, he'd go right through him and score. Oh. Now Anthony knows that he's brittle. He knows that he's made of glass, so he has to preserve himself. So how do you do that as a big man? What's the best way to do that? Well, you, you settle for jump shots. And unfortunately, Anthony is not – shot at a very high percentage at all for the last two years post bubble like that version of him just has not come back he shot the lights out at disney world but there were no fans there so <laughs> that, 
that criticism is is warranted, quite frankly. Like he has he has yet to show it in a Laker uniform with actual people making noise and being being a problem for the players on the court. I I Davis is probably this is yeah, th- like this is who he is at, yeah. at this point. Like this is what we should expect. Like there are going to be spurts and moments like we saw on Wednesday against Golden State where he dove out and made a play at midcourt, got a steal and you know, ran back down the down the floor, got a layup. It was early in the game. We thought, oh wow, is that the old Anthony? Like, is he going to do that every night? He's not going to do that every night. He's really going to pick his spots because, again, eleven years in, old guys, big guys, when they get old, they you know sometimes they just go. Like, there's that that iconic photo of like uh, Hakeem against Ewing when Hakeem is wearing a Raptor uniform and Patrick Ewing oh. Orlando Magic jersey. Oh, right? Like, God. eventually it just goes. <laughs> And unfortunately for Anthony Davis, because he's been so injury prone, like it might go for him faster than some others. And that's that's obviously a tough spot for the Lakers because everything you read, it's like, well, Anthony's going to be the focal point of the offense. He's LeBron's going to hand him the keys. That's why they brought him here. That all sounds really good. Yeah. But I, I don't know that he has the durability to hold up for that for the next four or five years. I just there's no way for four or five years. I don't think so. And, and, and the disheartening thing is. He's not even 30 yet. I think he's 29 still, right? I don't yeah, think he's 30 yeah. yet. He's, yeah. he's, he's that, still relatively young. I mean, yeah, relative. But even by NBA standards, he's still kind of young. He hasn't hit that 30. Like, you know, 30, 30, 31, 32 is kind of that benchmark for NBA, right? To where, especially now, since mm-hmm. guys come in, you know, and it's going to change again and they can come in, you know, 18 years old after high school. That's going to happen soon, I believe. But, you know, by the time you're 30, you'll have been in the league like 12 years like he's about to be, right? So – to see that he's – we basically saw his peak in the bubble is what you're saying because that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, we did. We, we saw really his did. peak in the bubble, and at one point he was talked about – there was talk out there about him being one of the best or being on a um, on an arc to being one of the best power forwards of all time. Sure, yeah. And that's not going to happen now. It's just not. It, will, it won't. And and again, they're, they're saying on Wednesday, well, you know, the Lakers are going to go as far as Anthony takes them. Well, we saw how far he took the Pelicans. Uh, he won yeah. one playoff round. So that's, yeah. that's, that's concerning. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little concerning. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it really highlights how, how hard it really is. Like when you look at him and then you see a LeBron and you just see the talent that both came in with and where both are now after however many years. It just really highlights how hard it is to come into the NBA and be the man and lead a team to championships. Because there's yeah. not a lot of guys that can do it, especially multiple times, right? Yeah, it is. And and when you're when you're a star, not just in the NBA, but in any sport, this is what we expect out of guys who are stars. We yes. expect you to follow a linear path, and we expect you to be healthy the entire time, and we expect you to lead the team that drafted you to a title. This is what this is what fans want, and this is what we argue about in the media all the time and only a few guys are, are cut out for that even a player is as skilled as kevin durant a, a top five top eight top ten all time has he ever been the best player on a title team maybe in 2017 you could make that argument but maybe steph was the best player of those other years do you know what i mean like yeah. only one time kevin durant has the talent to win five or six rings and to do so in a situation where he is the best guy on that squad but it just hasn't happened for him yet and so, i just- it's it's just I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that the goal the goalposts always move, but yeah. we should only be we should only be moving the goalposts for like three or four guys. That's it, and the rest are just second tier, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but the rest of those guys are just second tier. So for you, right this moment, who are those four guys in your opinion? Right, right this moment, who are those four guys? 
Okay. Well, uh, I think we can put Giannis on that pedestal now because yes. he has yes. won. He's he's been the best guy. He dropped fifty in a closeout game in the finals. Yes. Uh, we should have Kevin Durant on that mountain. Um, okay. And and again, you could make the case that he was the best player on the twenty seventeen Warriors. It's one of the best teams we've ever seen. Uh, LeBron, you can still put there. I think just out of respect, as like a you know career achievement award kind of thing, yeah. because we we. The funny thing is we, we expect him to chase these championship ghosts when this particular season, I'm not even sure if that's what he's into. I think he might be more into just breaking Kareem's scoring record and then banking this year as a lost year and then moving on after that. Like the Lakers can't trade him this year. So it's not like there's an easy out and he can just get yeah. sent somewhere for a bunch of draft picks and the Lakers can start over. No, like I think in his mind, he knows that, okay, we're going to break Kareem's record. I'm going to score 30 every night. And I'll just try to keep myself healthy going into next year when Russ is gone and we'll have, 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 uh, have more cast space. Uh, as far as the other guys go, I, I have to put Curry on that list as well. So, so that's my four. It's, yeah. it's Giannis and it's Durant and it's uh, LeBron and it's, it's Curry. That's it. That's, that's four guys out of 348. Like, like we, shouldn't, yeah. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't judge a lot of these guys as harshly as we do. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you there a little bit. I'm, I'm definitely with you there. All right, I want to jump over to the Clippers real quick before we move on. Um, so, obviously, Clippers got the win last night. I'll be honest, I was surprised at how well or how good uh, John Wall looked in his debut. I mean, this guy hasn't played almost two years. I mean, it's been literally about a year, like at least, you know, one and a half seasons, right? Almost two years, though, since we saw him on an NBA court playing in a game. And he didn't look bad. He scored 15 points. I mean – it's not huge, but for a guy that a lot of people thought he was washed the last couple of years that he actually played because he had declined, he'd been injured a lot, he had a lot of things off the court going on, he looked good. What do you think about that fit with the Clippers, and how far do you think the Clippers can go coupled with him as long as Kawhi, Kawhi played last night, came off the bench, and Kawhi can keep improving along with Paul George and all those other guys? Well, I, it's, that's actually going to be a fun story to follow because uh, Kawhi is healthy. I mean, he did look a bit rusty last night, but that's to be expected. He hadn't played since, what, July of 2021. It had been a little while. Yeah. Uh, Paul George, we know. We, we know who that is. We know he's going to play well. The Clippers have an exceptionally deep roster. Yes. Uh, what's, what's interesting is who is that crunch time point guard going to be? Because, yes, John Wall looked really nice, you know, hitting some mid-range 15-footers. And, and then you watch Russell Westbrook. You know, bricks and threes at the other end and the laker fans were, were were booing actually and they were booing john wall which i i don't know where that came from but the idea here is that the lakers could have just moved russ for john wall and the yeah. lakers could have had a very serviceable john wall just hit mid-range mm-hmm. 18 footers which quite frankly is something that team can use right now but you know who who plays crunch time in that spot is it john wall is it reggie jackson right because reggie jackson has had some encouraging playoff runs the last couple of years with yes the um, but when you're Teron Lou and you have this roster, that's a nice problem to have. Uh, they have nine or they have nine or ten guys who can all play. And I, I think as the year goes on, perhaps John Wall gets more and more comfortable. But it's not like the Clippers are in a situation where it's like, well, shit, we really need John Wall to give us 25 tonight, or we're in yeah. trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I know what we're talking about here, and it's it's probably a slight overreaction because, oh, hey, yeah, John Wall, remember that number one overall pick? Yeah, okay. Mm. At the end of the year. Yeah, he might give them 10 to 15 minutes. I would expect that Reggie Jackson is their their crunch time point guard and their lead point guard. Like, we don't totally know who's going to be the distributor uh, in yeah. that five. I would assume it's Reggie Jackson. But if it is John Wall, well, that's just a nice problem to have, isn't it? Nice change of pace. You go from Reggie, you give John Wall about 20 minutes, and then Ty Lue, you're good. That's it. 
That's all you got to do. Yeah, and I think with Ty Lue, I think he's I think he's probably the best adjustment coach in the NBA as far as in-game adjustment, you know, go to halftime if they're down, come out, have a better game plan and fix what, you know, what didn't go well in the first half. I think he's the best at that in the league right now. I also think in crunch time, especially as you get late to the season, I think it'll be a hot hand kind of thing out of those two. And I think they could go small ball sometimes and have both in the backcourt and just move uh, PG along with Kawhi to the front court. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and whoever else they want to have at the five, Zubak, whoever that's going to be, you know, when they want, especially against a team like the Warriors who play a lot of small ball, that might work. Now they do have Wiseman back now, so that'll, you know, throw a different element at it. But I really think the Clippers, because I've got the Warriors repeating. So I, I'll put that out there. I have the Warriors repeating this year. I picked them last year before the season even started. And most people thought I was crazy, but they ended up, you know, helping me look pretty good. But well, I think as, as as long as you showed the receipts, that's that's okay. Oh, hey, it's in writing. I wrote an article about it, so I, okay. it, it's in writing. You know, a week before the season before the season started last year. But um, <laughs> this year, I think they are going to repeat. I just don't see any team as good as them as far as just having the experience that they have with their core. And now those young guys in Golden State have some of that experience too, going back to last season. But I think the Clippers are the only team in the West, or I guess the. The most well-equipped team, in my opinion. I won't say the only, but the most well-equipped team in the West to push the Warriors. Like, where are you on that as far as, I guess, the Warriors as well? And how, how do you see the West kind of shaking out? Well, the, the Clippers are actually my pick to win the title. at their, Or no, sorry, I'm, I'll revise that. They were my pick to come out of the West. Not okay. The championship. I, okay. I, have, I, have, I have Milwaukee winning the title this year, but uh, the Clippers were my pick to come out of the West. And okay. part of the reason is, it's it's almost like a reflex at this point where we we almost penalize teams for winning titles because we just assume that it's really hard to repeat and things could go sideways, people could get hurt. Clay Thompson said before this season, he's like, hey, man, I'm just grateful to play basketball in October again. And that kind of made me realize, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Clay came back in the spring, but playing in the fall, he hasn't done that for two years. And yes. quite frankly, Clay Thompson isn't quite the same guy that we've seen like those are two pretty catastrophic injuries that he's had to come back from. Yeah. And even, even game six of the finals last year, like Steph was great, but we were waiting for game six clay to show up. And guess what? He didn't Clay shot what four for 21 in that ball game. Like, yeah, he didn't have a great, a great closeout. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. Yeah. Like, like he, he's not quite the same guy. And also the warriors are in a situation where there's this weird thing. It's kind of like, it, it's, it's kind of like in, 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 in like Saturday night live or some ensemble cast where you have, the established veterans and then you have the young guys who are coming up and pushing the old guys and obviously we saw it two weeks ago spill over <laughs> into the Sapruder film cream <laughs> on green punching out jordan Poole. that's yes. what happens that's that's the dynamic in golden state right now you have these young kids that are good and legitimate and have gotten paid like jordan Poole and uh andrew wiggins got his deal as well yeah. uh james wiseman they're gonna have to make a decision on and yeah. jonathan kuminga is very good obviously they want to hang on to him I'm big on Kaminga. I've been really, yeah. really big on Kaminga since before last season started. Like I'm really big on that kid. Yeah. So I, I just I feel like that's going to be a lot on Steve Kerr to manage for an entire regular season. Forget the playoffs for a second, but yeah. just a regular season. Like that can wear you down in February when Draymond is screaming at somebody for no reason. You have to go <laughs> weather that storm. And and if Draymond does that, then as we know, maybe he does his own little ten minute documentary that he throws ahead of the TNT pregame show. Which, by the way, Chris, I did not watch. I refused to watch because the cringe level on Twitter was was just far too much. Like I decided I wasn't going to watch this. I'm a big fan of Draymond, but I'm not going to check this out. I don't need it. So I you're out on you're you're all out on this one. Then you're not you're not at all. 
I just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to watch that. I just, I don't know. I, I think there's too much internal stuff going on right now. Like I love the, the way the Warriors have built this because that's the way you do it. You have your core and then you build the next core and it's going to get expensive, but then you make the hard decision. That's how you build championship teams. And that's how you build dynasties. Quite frankly, that's the proper way to do it. Golden State's doing it the right way, but we forget that it's very hard to do that for years and years and years without creating some type of strife or conflict or this guy doesn't like that guy or that guy's not getting enough touches. I just think there's too much to manage behind the scenes for Golden State. Whereas the Clippers, the funny thing is I used to mock the Clippers for this because uh, Kawhi and PG, as far as leaders, they're just guys who no matter what happens, they just put their sweats on at the end of the game and shrug and go home. They're like, especially yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi just kind of like, yeah. Eh, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. But he had that quote a couple of days ago. It's like, hey, Kawhi, did you watch the Lakers and the Warriors last night? He says, no, no, I don't do basketball like that. Like Kawhi is literally a nine to five guy. Like he just like, yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. I think that's actually a positive thing with the Clippers hmm. because like, yeah, if, if things go sideways, you need somebody to get loud in the room. Uh, luckily for them, Teron Liu is – a, a good enough coach and a championship level coach that he can do that. Um, but I just think that if, if your roster is that deep and the vibes with your stars are that good, you, you could ride it out and win the West. Like it, it's not that hard. I, I just think that as far as vibes go, somehow weirdly the Clippers might have the best of the bunch. And, and I think that's going to take them out of the West. Now I could be wrong. You can, yeah. you can, play, this, you can play this back in June, but <laughs> I, I think it'll do it. I, I think it'll do it. But do you think it hampers them that they don't have that vocal leader on the court? Like the Warriors, they have leadership. I mean, say what you want about Draymond. He's their vocal leader. But then they also have Steph Curry, who's kind of like the – like they used to call him the babyface assassin. He's more of a silent assassin. and he, it, But he's a leader. He has leadership qualities as well. LeBron James, we know, is not a yeller like that, not like Draymond at least. But LeBron James is proven to be a leader. We know Kevin, that's been a knock on Kevin Durant is that, yeah, he's a great player. Most people thought he was the best player on all three of those Warriors teams that he was on that went to -to -to back-to-back-to-back finals. Won two, lost the third one, but people don't think he's a leader because he hasn't proven it on when he's the, when he's the guy, not just one A, one B out of, you know, like, like him and Steph were. Do you think that the Clippers not having that real leader, because Kawhi's never been known as a leader like that, and neither is PG. And when he has had the chance, he hasn't always come through. Do you think it hampers them that they don't have that on the court, and it's only coming from the coach? Yeah, no. Well, it can it can always be a problem, but uh, Kawhi does have a couple of rings. Granted, yeah, um, he was not uh, the lead dog in either situation. And when I say the lead dog, I mean I mean emotionally, like lead. Like yeah, yeah. In San Antonio, Duncan was there, and Parker was there, and Ginobili was there. And then in Toronto, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not from Toronto, so I'm not uh, contractually obligated to say that Kyle Lowry is the single greatest <laughs> leader in the history of sports. But Lowry was installed there. He was there as, yeah. like, the emotional engine. Like, Kawhi wasn't responsible for that. Kawhi was yeah. – all he had to do was come in and do Kawhi things. And, again, like I said, put on his sweats and shrug and go home after the game. That was it. He was but like a mercenary. Yeah, he was. He was a mercenary. He was a hired gun. But you know what? Maybe this is the year where Kawhi says, okay, in order for me to do it this way as the lead guy on a team that I essentially put together, which he did. Um, he's obviously not the yeah. recruiter that, that LeBron is. But <laughs> it, seemed kind of, it seemed kind of haphazard when it happened. It's like, oh, okay, I'll come, but uh, give me Paul George. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll trade five draft picks to make it happen. <laughs> it was a lot. 
yeah. a lot for Paul George. I, I don't know that Kawhi is the best recruiter in the world, but maybe this is the year that he puts it all together. It's finally healthy. Um, obviously, they're going to do what they can to help his body. He's going to play 65, maybe 68 games. I'm sure that's the plan if he's completely healthy anyway. And maybe this is the year he just puts it all together as a leader. Again, we expect these guys to evolve in a linear sense when they're superstars. And maybe this is just the year that he figures it out. It just takes guys you know, more years than others to, to do so. No, I definitely believe that. It definitely – some guys, you know, it takes five years. Some guys it takes six, seven, whatever it is. I mean, so I'm, I'm with you on that. Sometimes it might be ten in, in certain cases, but I'm definitely with you on that. All right, I want to jump over to the um, to the Easter Conference. So I did an article earlier this week on the Brooklyn Nets, and basically what I said is – Especially, and I was really talking about a lot of like national analysts that continue to pick the Nets, even though we've seen them fail the last couple of years and it just has not worked. I don't care that Ben Simmons is there now. Basically, what I said is it's time to stop picking the Nets to do anything but reside in Brooklyn. Because they're not winning a championship. Stephen A. Smith has picked them again, to, not to win it, but to make it to the finals against the Warriors. And I'm like, dude. Can they get out of the first round and not get swept this year? That's all I want to see. <laughs> Where are you at with the Nets? What is your belief on a scale of 1 to 10 in them to actually make a run in the postseason? Hmm. Well, after – I mean, and again, they played New Orleans the other night. New Orleans, for all we know, could go 76-6 and six based on what we saw on opening <laughs> night with a healthy, a healthy Zion and all those weapons around him. Like, who knows? But – um, like I, I'm, I'm with Stephen A and the rest of those guys. Like I, I drank the Kool-Aid, the Nets Kool-Aid for years. I really did. It's like, well, Kevin Durant's there and Kyrie Irving's there and Steve Nash is an offensive coach. They'll figure it out. Burp, 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 burp. But like, there's a lot more that, that goes into that. They, they got swept in the opening round swept. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's not an accident. Like I know the Celtics no. are really good. Like if it wasn't for the, the Warriors, they'd probably be the best team in the NBA right now. I'm talking about the Celtics. Like, but at the same time, we don't know what we're going to get from Kyrie. And I'm not even sure that Kyrie's talents uh, translate to a winner at this point. I just, I, I, I don't know because we don't I don't know think they point. do. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I'm not even going to say, I don't know. I don't believe that they do. I just, it just hasn't, it hasn't happened outside of him being with LeBron. What has he done as far as contributing to a winning squad? No, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he's 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 admitted in the past, like, oh yeah, it's 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 hard to be a leader. Yes, it is. That's why we only put four guys in the the leading Mount Rushmore. That's that's why. <laughs> that's that's the entire point. Like, look, Kevin Durant. Like I said earlier, he's still top eight, top ten, top fifteen all time. Wherever you want to put him, he's a great yeah. player. Uh, but Ben Simmons, do we even know that he cares about basketball? I I don't know. He seems to really enjoy being Ben Simmons and and collecting paychecks. And Kyrie's got his whole other agenda going on. Some of the stuff that we don't have to get into right now. But yeah. uh, I just don't know that that's the right mix of guys to pull it together. And if there's a coach out there to hold it all together, it's it's definitely not poor Steve Nash. Like he didn't he didn't no. sign up for this. He didn't sign up for these vibes. He didn't. He signed up because Kevin liked me. So so here I come. That's it. <laughs> well, Kevin he, he liked him, and yeah. then during the summer this year, he threw him under the bus, saying either the coach and the GM got to go, or, or I'm going. Or I mean, it's just it's stuff like that that shows a lack of leadership from Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just those instances, and I mean, you know, people can say what they want about Steve Nash. You can they can say he didn't deserve one of those MVPs, but he did win back to back. You can't take that from him. He was a great player, Hall yeah. of Famer. You can't take any of that from him. He doesn't deserve this because this is not what he, like you said, he didn't sign up for this. 
no, no. He, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be in Brooklyn. He should be somewhere else with some young, precocious team that builds through the draft. You know what? He should be the guy in Utah for Danny Ainge. Uh, you know, as as part of that rebuild, he, sh- yeah. he should be in the Will Hardy spot. That's that's the Steve Nash spot because then he can grow and learn with some young kids. But instead, Steve was given a Ferrari and and instructed not to crash it. Only so many guys can can manage that. But you know what? It's it's just it's too noisy in Brooklyn. There's always too much noise. That's why I think Milwaukee's going to win the title. You never hear anything come out of Milwaukee ever. And if you ever do, it's just Giannis being a goofy kid and walking around and discovering things for the first time. Totally different. Exactly. Exactly. Totally different. I, I'd rather roll with that guy. Now for the for the Bucks, I but I agree with you definitely on the Nets. I'm sold out, and I don't want to make it seem like I never picked the Nets because I did. But coming into this season, I'm like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. I just fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. I can't let it happen a third time. Like I just I'm not gonna fall for the okie doke again. The banana in the tailpipe, whatever you want to call it. I just can't do it with them anymore because they just keep failing, and, and they just they continue to fail. Everybody still wants to pick them just because of two or three guys when we know it takes a team to win a championship. Not We're seeing that just having two or three stars or superstars is not guaranteed to win you a title. So I just I can't I can't with them anymore. I want to ask you about the um, Sixers real quick. Joel B is not off to a great start. Um, I don't think the Sixers are going to be great this year. That's another team that some people continue to pick to go far. I don't believe in them. And and I'll be honest, any team where James Harden is one of your lead dogs, I just don't think you're going to win. What do you think of the Sixers chances this season? And what do you think is going on with Joel Embiid? Do you you think it's just a mix of him and Harden and Harden just dribbling the ball 30 times every possession that's not working? Or do you think it's something more kind of going on with just Joel Embiid? It's just two games. I get that, but he's off to a slow start. He is off to a slow start. He's uh, 38% from the floor. He's got more turnovers than assists right now. Now, granted, it's through two games. It's a very small sample size, and they played a couple of very good teams in Boston and Milwaukee. So some of it's probably an overreaction, but like I'm watching those those two Sixer games. Like, yeah, James Harden looks really good. The problem is I wonder if Daryl Morey has somewhat accidentally recreated that old Houston team where, okay, it's five out and James dribbles for 20 seconds, and one of you gets a good shot. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know that that is what James or uh, I don't know if that's what Joel Embiid signed up for. Um, so that, <laughs> that that does concern me because for the last couple of years, who was the runner up for MVP? It was Joel Embiid. The Sixers were Joel Embiid's team. The Sixers ran the city of Philadelphia. Jo- Joel Embiid ran the city of Philadelphia. It was all about him. And now all of a sudden, somehow. It's all about James Harden through the first couple of games, and it's played out the way we would expect if you're running everything through James Harden because the Sixers are 0-2. But I, I don't know that Joel Embiid signed up for that. I don't know that he appreciates that. So keep an eye on that as as the season rolls along because if it gets worse, and as we've seen in the NBA, guys aren't afraid to ask out. Guys aren't afraid to make noise. I, w- I would just watch that. You know, just just yeah. watch and, you know, maybe you'll see some some leaks at the wrong time. Like, oh, you know, Joel Embiid is suggesting that he's unhappy, you know, according to sources close to the situation. Stuff like that. Like, that worries me. Like, yeah, Embiid's off to a rough start, but a lot of that can be in his mind. And if he's yeah. worried that this is becoming James's team, well, then he might have a legitimate concern because it's been his team the last couple of years. And it should continue to be his team. We've seen... We've seen for quite a few years what a James Harden-led team gets you. It might get you to the conference finals, but you ain't going any further than that. Um, real quick before I let you go, I want to give me give me 
three, give me three guys for MVP this year and give me, give me your, who takes it home. Well, I, I should give you the obvious ones, the ones that everybody has uh, first, and that's that's Luca. Uh, I watched I watched that Dallas Phoenix game the other night, and I thought, okay, Christian Wood is nice. Who else is on that team? I don't even know who the third best guy. In that. I don't even know the second best guy is in that team. Jalen Brunson's gone. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to rock. So Luca has to be on that list. Uh, I think Giannis is going to be up there. I really do. Like I understand voter fatigue, just the same way that people might be shying away from voting for Nikola Jokic again because yeah. MPJ is back now and Jamal Murray is back and the record might be better. I think Denver will be a high seed in the Western Conference. I have concerns about their defense, but I think they'll be right up there at the end of the regular season. So, yeah, uh, yeah like Doncic, Giannis, you could throw Jokic in there. But I actually think that this could be John Morant's year. Like, I, I just okay. I feel like I feel like this is this is the time that his progression reaches that apex where the Grizzlies are a year older, they're a year smarter, they're clearly fearless based on how they regard themselves with the Golden State Warriors. Can't wait for that Christmas Day matchup, by the way. Yes. But if Ja can stay healthy and develop a little more of a mid-range game and average 26 and 8 and 7 and the Grizzlies are flirting with 60 wins yeah, there's no reason at all that Jock can't be MVP so if I was to give you a dark horse which you can get futures bets you know over plus a thousand on Jada win MVP if you want to throw a couple dollars on that if, if there's one guy that's going to surprise I think it'd be him so Ja is my MVP even though I know in my even though I know in my head yeah they'll probably just give it to Doncic anyway whatever <laughs> you know what I mean I'll just give it to him I love when you I love when you go out on a limb. Marcus, I appreciate you coming on again with me. Uh, let them know where to find you, social media, and uh, where to find your show. Yeah, on Twitter, at Marcus Fitzy. DMs are open. Uh, Basketball Central on Sportsnet 650. Find us on the website, sportsnet.ca slash 650, and a Sportsnet app up here in Canada. There we go. And as always, this has been the Courtside Crossover with your host, Chris Partee. Thanks again for joining me for episode 67. Find us on FullPressCoverage.com and the Full Press Coverage app, as well as Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Find your boy on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Partee. That's C-R-I-S-S-P-A-R-T-E-E. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.